righty. All righty, guys. Thank you for joining us uh, back here at the Des Des Sports Podcast. I don't know why I said us. I'm alone in my room. It's just me, Des. So thank you very much for coming back to my awkward intros and even worse outros of a podcast. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm talking fast. I, I don't know why. I, I haven't had that much, like... Uh, caffeine today. I just had a workout. I'm pretty drained, but I'm talking fast because because we got a great show ahead of us. And what is a podcast episode if the host doesn't even have any energy, right? Jeez, just don't look back at my earlier podcast, please, because because I would never give you a subpar podcast with low energy, guys. Come on, this is Des. This is Des from the Des Des Sports Podcast. Exactly. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, but please, yeah, for real, don't 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 look back at the earlier episodes. Uh, they were kind of uh, yeah, not my favorite, but we're at a place now where I'm really happy where the show is, and I need to stop rambling about myself because we've got sports news to talk about. I mean, we've got so much that's happening in the NFL playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? All right, you're right, Jim Mora. I shouldn't talk about playoffs just yet. We have some big news in the other sports as well. We've got two big signings in the snoozer of an offseason that MLB has been going through. Jeez, it has been so awful. I, I hate paying attention to beat baseball news because everything is just, well, this team showed interest, and then nothing for two weeks. The, the biggest thing that happened was the Francisco Lindor deal, and I know it only happened like a week or 10 days ago. It feels so old. Oh my God, I feel like I've known that for years now. It is, it is, it is in, insane how old it feels. And it really didn't happen that long ago. It happened, I don't know, 10 days ago? It's nuts. But we got some, we got some news finally. Two signings, we'll get into that. And then we'll also get into the deals and the money. Uh, we'll do it with that in a minute. And then... Let's see. What else we got? We got basketball. We got a huge blockbuster deal. It just went down yesterday in the middle of the day, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows about it by now because it's all over Twitter, all over ESPN, uh, other sports sites, token sports sites you want to think of. It's all over. It's all over. So I think it's about time to start the show. You like that? You like that? Yeah, that's right. You like the show. So let's get started. We've got, let's start with baseball. All right, so baseball, we had two signings. We're going to start with the first one. The first one was DJ LeMayhew. Where is he going? Back to the New York Yankees. That's right. He's probably going to end his career as a New York Yankee. This dude, just so you know, was asking for a four-year deal. Dude's 32 years old, all right? He not only got the four years, he got two extra. They signed him to a six-year deal worth a whopping... $90 $90 million. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. For a 32-year-old? That's right. That's how you swindle a team, baby. 90, 90 million? Dang, man. This guy's really good. Don't get me wrong. His batting average is insane. He's posted a plus 300 average for his career. I mean, the dude's good. Don't get me wrong. He's got tons of hits. He's just a hitting machine. And that's what they call him up there in New York. They call him the machine because he just, he just rakes. Over and over again. He's really good. However, he's 32, and he doesn't hit for a ton of power. He can hit home runs, but I watched a lot of his 2020 highlights, and this dude is just proficient at beating shifts and slapping it into the outfield grass for singles. He doesn't get a whole ton of doubles unless they're down the line. He can hit for a triple, but usually it takes a an, an outfielder error to get a triple for him so i'm not going to talk down about him this dude is a stud he's a hitter he's a good signing i think the yankees absolutely had to bring him back but man the yankees were reported at one point to be over 20 million dollars off from what dj LeMahieu wanted and now they're giving him 90 million dollars it's kind of nuts i i don't know if he if the, his reported what his asking thing i feel like it was like a hundred and 25 million so yeah maybe maybe he actually went down in price but still that's a lot of money for a 32 year old i mean good for you you got 90 million dollar six-year contract that's pretty good it's pretty good um it looks like the phillies are going to make a deal or are going to make an offer to jt real muto don't think he's going to accept it but we'll see and then the other big signing that happened was brad hand uh he was he was good enough to be an all-star i believe this year even though there's no all-star game and, oh, did the deal not go through? No, no, no. 
okay, the deal went through. It's not. It hasn't gone um, like official yet, but the Mets are about to sign um, Brad Hand. There's still no deal yet. There's no official deal, but it looks like, for all intents and purposes, the Mets are going to land Brad Hand, who is a really, really good reliever. He posted an awesome ERA of 2.05 last season, and I know it was a shortened season, but still, you know, he only had, I think, one blown save all season, and it was in a playoff game, which you don't want to see, but, you know, the Indians gave away that game multiple times. You know, they they had the lead early in the first inning and, and you know, gave up a grand slam. So it's not all on Brad Hand, but he signed. Oh, and also I forgot Liam Hendricks, another really good reliever. He signed. Oh, yeah, and Archie Bradley signed. Oh, man, Dez is having a, a crazy a crazy rush of remembering. Um, yeah, so so let's start. Brad Hand's probably going to the Mets. I don't know what the deal is. I thought it was going to be like a three-year deal worth, I don't know, like 40, 50 million, but maybe the deal hasn't gone through yet. Um, Archie Bradley did sign. He signed with the Phillies on a one-year deal. Good for Brad, or good for Archie Bradley. Um, you know, that that's great for him. Now, let's go back and see the Liam Hendricks deal. This one was for about $54 million in three years. And he's going to the Chicago White Sox. Let me just make sure that was right. Uh, I'm going to say it was right. I think it was three years for $54 million. Good for you. That's a great reliever. He should really do well on this team. Uh, The White Sox look poised to take the division and make a serious playoff run. And as a Dodger fan, I'm just glad they're in the AL. So that's all I can say about that. That's going to do it with baseball. Congratulations, everybody. You got through the baseball section of the podcast. So now we have to do uh, the basketball section, and then we can finally get into football because I know that's what you guys want to hear. But we got to go through some basketball stuff that happened. Now, what was the blockbuster? If you don't know what happened, that's totally fine. If you're not paying attention, that's totally fine. Early season basketball is a snooze fest. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Who cares who's in first place now or eighth place or 16th place? doesn't matter. I mean, the 16th place people are probably going to stay there. But, you know, as far as the top eight, I mean, that can change so much over the course of a full season. And we're on, what, game 11 or 12 or something? It's so early. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. If you're having a struggle, the only thing that matters is if someone gets seriously injured. That's it. Only thing that matters. So basically, um, if you, if you heard about or live anywhere near Houston, you probably knew that there was a star that played on the Houston Rockets that has been, let's just say unhappy. And, uh, well, his name was James Harden and he was trying to force his way off the Rockets because the Rockets just, you know, they weren't very good. James Harden also is kind of a meme because he was fat and he was probably letting himself go because he didn't want to play for the team anymore and he was done. Um, And, you know, the owner finally said, you know what? Screw it. We've had enough of you just making headlines game after game. We don't want the public eye always on us. We want to win. We want to focus. And if we're struggling, you know, we need to work on we need to work on getting people right, you know, and, and working as a team. And so they said, you know what? You're not a team player right now. We're going to trade you. And so they traded him. And the two teams that were uh, were coveting him were the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. From the Sixers, they wanted Ben Simmons and a couple guards and draft picks. And the Sixers were like, I don't know if I want to do that. The GM of the Sixers is the old GM of the Rockets. He was like, I'm not going to get swindled by my old team. Get out of here. So he wasn't going to give him everything. He was going to give him one of the guards and Ben Simmons and like maybe a draft pick or two. And they were like, no, no, no. We need to refill because we traded all of our draft picks away for Russell Westbrook, which was a bust. We got, you know, and on the Rockets side of things, I don't think the Rockets organization did anything wrong. I think the Rockets did everything they they that James Harden wanted. You know, he 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 needed somebody else. So they go out and they trade for Chris Paul. So they have Chris Paul. They get really close. They still can't win. So he's like, no, I need Russell Westbrook. So they go and they trade away the entire future for Russell Westbrook. After trading away their entire team before that with Clint Capella and, and Trevor Ariza, and they're like, no, we don't need these people anymore. We're going to get we're gonna get Chris Paul. So we're going to trade away all of our core. And um, or, or maybe, maybe they trade away Clint Capella after that. But it, whatever. It was a bad trade. 
And now, you know, after they got the Westbrook, then they couldn't win with Westbrook. They didn't, they didn't, you know, mesh together Westbrook and Harden. So now Harden's just like, all right, well, get me like, get me someone else. And so they get John Wall, who admittedly a little bit of a downgrade, but you know, John Wall's still a good player as long as he's healthy. And, and, you know, then he just wants to leave after nine games. I don't think the Rockets organization did anything wrong. I think they really tried to appease him. And I think that's what you get when you have a player that's, you know, that you allow to control your, your player operations, your GM, basically. You can't have a player just tell you what to do. I think that's, you know, that's what you get. You become the Houston Rockets. Sure, you're good, but never good enough because, you know, they want to play with their friends. They don't know if their friends are going to actually win. They're just hoping that they can, you know, play with their friends and win. And, and that's all fine and all. But to be a winning team, sometimes you got to, you know, have a, a rotation of people coming in and out because if you want to stay on top, you got to swindle the game. I mean, that's what the Patriots did for 20 years. That defense usually had some mainstays, but other than that, we had a lot of, there's a lot of different people. Um, the offense, I mean, uh, aside from, Aside from one or two receivers, there was always different receivers. I mean, Brady has the record for throwing to the most different receivers, a touchdown pass to, to the most different receivers. Um, it's, it's, it's in the 80s. It's almost in the 90s. It's intense. So if you want to be on top and you want to win for a while, you're going to have to play with a revolving door of people around you. You're going to have to get used to saying goodbye. And it sucks. But I don't know if Harden's really ready for that. And so he said, you know what? Instead of seeing the revolving door from the inside, I'm going to go into it. And he asked. He forced his way out. You know, he said he did everything he could in Houston. I don't think that's true. You know, if he really did everything he could, he, he would have, you know, stopped asking for players and demanding it from the team. And we would have let the team build, you know. But he didn't do that. You know, he, he kept asking for different people you know, at, at a certain point, the problem might be you. And so I think it was good for Houston. They got rid of him. Uh, he went to the Nets, by the way. The Nets gave up uh, three of their first rounders. You can't give up first rounders in back-to-back -back years anymore in the NBA. That is illegal. Uh, so they gave up their 2022, 2024, and 2026 first rounders. And then um, a 2022 first rounder came from the Cavs, who are part of this deal for no reason. And... It was the it was the Rockets, the Cavs, the Brooklyn Nets, and then there was a fourth team that really wasn't a part of the trade, but ended up coming in sort of separately, uh, which was the Indiana Pacers. And so basically, the the Nets gave away a bunch of players, including in, including Carice Levert and Dante Exum, and a bunch of draft picks. So their their bench is depleted. But hey, they got Harden, they've got Kyrie, and they've got KD. So you know they've got a big three there. Um, I heard a meme that KD went from the Splash Brothers to the Dribble Brothers, and I absolutely believe that's true. Harden takes forever with the dribble. Kyrie takes forever with the dribble. And, you know, KD likes to have the ball in his hand. He dribbles a lot too. It, I don't know how that sharing the ball is going to work on this team, to be completely honest with you. I have no idea how it's going to work. One of them has to give it up. One of them has to be selfless and say, you know what? I don't care what my stats are. I care about the championship because the championship is what matters. Because Harden's not scoring 60 not even 50, not even 40, probably, you know, and KD probably won't even score 40 and Kyrie might not even score 40 consistently. And that's fine. I mean, I don't think any of them needs to, if they all score in the high twenties to low thirties, then that's already close to a hundred points for the team, a game. And that's not even, you know, including what bench players they've got. So the bench players don't even need to do that much. They really just need to play better defense. The problem is that team was already bad playing defense. So now I don't know because they've gotten worse on defense. They traded away two of their good players on defense. Chris Levert's also a playmaker, albeit not a star. Levert got flipped uh, from the Rockets to the Pacers, uh, and the Pacers gave the Rockets Victor Oladipo, so I think that was a win. Um, I like Oladipo a lot. I think he's really talented, and I think he's in a place where, you know, I think people are kind of thinking the Rockets are probably – going to be a middle of the road team this year. So if they can make something out of that team, if Victor Oladipo, John Wall, uh, if they can make something out of this team now, uh, you know, who knows? This team could be really exciting to watch. And some Houston, you know, they still got Boogie Cousins on that team. A lot of Houston players are actually really glad he's gone. You know, he was kind of disrespecting the rest of the roster, acting like it was only him that was making them, you know, good. Uh, and so I, 
you know, I think this was actually good on all sides. I think the Nets, you know, while it looks like they're really, really good, we'll have to see because I don't know how much defense they're going to play. I really think it's going to be a we're going to outscore you and that's how we're going to win kind of deal. Like, you know, so what? You're going to make a basket. We'll just make another one. So we'll see how they do. I don't know how it's really going to work there. I don't know how they're going to mesh together. Neither of those three seem to play together. Like, they, you know, when you're in Golden State with Clay and Steph, you know, Steph is is not always the one with the ball. I mean, he he's nifty with the ball, and he does have the ball a lot. But when it comes down to it, Steph will definitely pass if he doesn't have the best shot. You know, I mean, if he if he doesn't have to take the shot, if he doesn't really believe he can make it, he'll pass. But I don't know about these three. I mean, we'll see. But let me just say, when Kyrie was on the floor with KD, they were unstoppable, and now they're going to be even more unstoppable with Harden. But, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. But that's all I have to say about the basketball news. I don't know what the Cavs got. I mean, they they gave away some some people I don't know their names, and they got back some people I don't know their names. That's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Then they got the, sorry, the Rockets got three pick swaps. If you don't know what a pick swap is in basketball, totally fine. I didn't know until yesterday either. What a pick swap means is they look at the drafts and it guarantees that, that the team who's receiving the pick swaps, as long as it's pick swap for best pick, it means that they will look at their two picks and if somehow, some way, the Rockets have a higher pick than the Nets do, then they'll swap the pick. If they don't have a higher, if the Rockets have the higher pick, then the Rockets, basically, they just, they pick first. And so it just guarantees that the Rockets will always have the higher pick with every single draft they got. So the draft pick they got from the Nets. So like, let's say 2026, let's say the big three are gone and the Nets are absolute doo-doo. Then the Rockets will get that pick. Even if the Rockets are, are awesome winning, a, a, a you know, finals and stuff. So... It's kind of good that they got that and they got the four first rounders. That's really going to help them rebuild their their team up again. So good for the Rockets. I think this was a great trade for the Rockets. I think for the Nets, it was kind of like a, yeah, we got a big star. You know, we, we're obviously committed to win now. So if I'm a fan, I'm happy. But, you know, it, it's also one of those deals where you gave up quite a bit. I mean, the Nets aren't going to have much of a future as far as drafting wise which may not be a horrible thing because they probably weren't getting a good draft pick anyways. But, you know, it's it's a give and take. It's an up and down. It's it's kind of like, well, we gave up a whole lot and we got a really good player. I don't know how he's going to fit on our team. But if anything, I think the Rockets got really good, uh, really good return for Harden. If you're not going to get players, you might as well. I mean, flipping Chris Levert, for, Chris Levert for, um, for Victor Oladipo, is an, that's a great A move. I think that's awesome they did that. So I think they got a good star in return, albeit not from the Nets. And I think that they, you know, they're going to start their rebuild. And I think John Wall and Victor Oladipo are probably going to work better than John Wall and James Harden as far as like a meshing perspective. Maybe not a winning perspective, but who knows? I mean, they really weren't playing that well with Harden anyways. Let's move on to the big meat and potatoes of this show and stop talking about basketball trade. It is time. For the NFL playoffs section of this podcast. I know everybody Everybody is so into it. Everyone is always asking for it. They just want more and more of it. So I give it to you. The NFL playoff section. We're not playing the Jim Morris sound effect again. Because I'm actually going to go into it. Alrighty. Where to start? Let's start with uh, last week's games. That's probably the perfect place to start. Uh, last week's games were up and down, exciting-wise. Um, I thought some of them were kind of boring, even if they were close. But at the end of the at the end of the day, it was a good week. It was a good wild card, super wild card weekend. I definitely called some stuff, so we're gonna go over my record from what I called because uh, I remember everything. Um, <laughs> I, my record wasn't too bad. I actually expected to do worse, but I I had to go with the picks I felt in my heart were correct. And let's just go through them. So on Saturday, 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 January 9th, I tried to combine Saturday and January, but it didn't work out. Uh, the first game were was the Indianapolis Colts of the Buffalo Bills. I thought the Colts had a chance to make this close, but I felt like they really had to play perfectly and consistently, and they didn't really play, but they did well enough where I felt they did kind of outplay the bills and they really ought to have won that game. I mean, they'd have missed field goal in that game. 
They also had uh, a fourth down stop right at the goal line that they probably should have turned into points. And altogether, they just it was a it was a little bit of a disappointing outing. The Colts seemed to be a little disorganized. They, you know, on multiple occasions were running down the play clock and hiking it at like one second left and leaving the huddle late and having to use timeouts to avoid penalties. It was just, it looked like a mess. It looked like they should have been a little bit better prepared. And at the end of the day, they made a couple of weird decisions that I really felt, you know, cost them the game. I mean, at the time the decision could have worked out, but they just didn't. And the bills, you know, they, they played, they played like the bills. I mean, I, I'm not going to talk, talk bad about them. They, they won the playoff game. It was a hard fought game. You know, it was an emotional game for the bills. The first playoff win, I think in like 20 years or something, and or maybe even more, twenty five years, uh, and and altogether, I think the Bills, you know, they didn't look like a two seed, but they definitely looked like uh, they definitely looked worthy of hosting uh, a playoff game, and I think they'll play better in their next game. This game was uh, offensively kind of weird, but they faced off against a great defense in the Colts. But alas, I picked the Bills to win. I got that one right, but I also picked them to cover the spread. I got that one wrong. They were favored by six and a half points. They only won by three. So we're going to call that one win, one loss. Okay, so one, one. The next game was the LA Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I told you guys, if Jared Goff plays in this game and actually plays like a good portion of this game, then they are going to win this game. I told you they're going to win if Jared Goff plays a significant portion. I don't know if I said if Jared Goff starts, but I, if he played like a, a significant portion, which he basically played the entire game, he didn't start, but the John Wolford got injured in the first quarter very early. So he basically played the entire game. And I told you guys, if he plays, they're going to win the game 100%. But if he doesn't play, if he never gets in, if he doesn't play substantial minutes, if it's only garbage time, then they'll lose if John Wolford plays. And guess what? Guess who told you they would win? I did. Seahawks were favored by three and a half. Rams won by 10, baby. By 10. Yes. Desda Sports Podcast has a galaxy brain. I know. I called this one. I'm so happy with myself. I had all my friends tell me I was wrong. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, some other people were throwing up their eyebrows when they heard me on the podcast saying the Rams are going to win, beat the Seahawks. But I thought the Rams looked better than the Seahawks. They just had wildly inconsistent play from week to week. I mean, you know, they would go up and completely embarrassed and almost shut out the Patriots and then fast forward a couple weeks and they lose to the Jets at home. It's like, dude, what is going on? You know, they would beat the Buccaneers and then they would, you know, go on and lose to the Seahawks. It's like, what? <laughs> Buccaneers and Seahawks aren't even that crazy different. I mean, both teams have a really good offense with not a great defense. I don't know. But you know what? They beat the Seahawks when it mattered in the playoffs, sending them home. As Jalen Ramsey said, you can take the divisional hat and t-shirt to Cabo because we're moving on, baby. Your season's over. Over, baby. Over. Basically. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. And, uh, and they got the last laugh. So the Rams won. I mean, what, what, what can I say about this game? I missed half of it, and I don't feel like I need to rewatch it because I felt like this game was was very firmly in the in the Rams' hands. They had to make a few drives and a few scores, but basically, when they needed to score, they did. I mean, you know, they answered a fifty-one yard DK Metcalf touchdown that put the Raven, uh, sorry, the Seahawks, not the Ravens, back in the game. They answered it with a touchdown drive of their own. The Seahawks opened the third quarter with a field goal. The Rams opened the fourth quarter with a field goal. The Rams scored a touchdown that basically iced the game, and then the Seahawks just didn't have enough time to come back. There was only about five minutes. They got one touchdown, and then on the onside kick, it was recovered by the Rams. I mean, the Rams just had this game from start to finish. Maybe not in the first quarter. You know, maybe not even in early second quarter, but pretty much since they had the the 42-yard interception return for a touchdown in the second quarter, that was pretty much the turning point. Ever since then, I really feel like the Rams sort of had it or when they needed to make a play to keep control of the game, they did. I mean, that Rams defense played intense, intensely good. Um, I have so much respect for the Rams defense playing that way. Cam Akers had a career day. He had a lot of yards and a touchdown and a really important playoff game. Robert Woods played pretty well. Uh, Jared Goff only went 9 of 19, so not the greatest percentage, but he did throw for 155 yards and one touchdown 
12 days after surgery. 12 days, man. I mean, this dude was barely in practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Thank you, Alan. And he missed like a bunch of it. He only he only practiced like three days leading up to this game. I, this is incredible. Jared Goff is an Iron Man for even being able to do this. And guess what? No interceptions. With a with stitches and screws in his thumb, this dude had no interceptions, no passes that were bad enough that they were picked off. I mean, there may have been some that were worthy of being picked off I, that I just didn't see. But the dude had zero interceptions. Russell Wilson, no problems on his thumb. Interception, return for a touchdown. I understand Russell Wilson's playing against a harder defense. I get it. But he's Russell Wilson, man. We hold him at a higher standard than Jared Goff. And everybody knows that. But I'm really impressed with Jared Goff. If you're not impressed with Jared Goff, come on, man. Okay, you you completely dislocate your thumb to the point where you need surgery, get surgery, and within 12 days, I want you to be able to throw NFL-caliber spirals against an NFL-caliber defense. There's no way, dude. There's no way. Without re-injuring yourself? This really reminded me of the Brady game against the Jaguars, where everyone was downplaying it and not talking about it, because if they did, everyone would be like, what is what? He has what in his hand? How many stitches? Dude had like 25 stitches in, on his hand, his throwing hand. And he just wears a glove and goes out and balls out. No wonder it was such a close game against the Jaguars because his hand was broken. But that was nuts. And then he goes on to the Super Bowl and throws for 500 yards in a losing effort because his defense was fat poo-poo. By the way, Matt Patricia led defense. And where's Matt Patricia right now? Unemployed. That's right. I don't have a lot of respect for his defensive scheme. But you know what? Do you know what he'll probably say to that? I'm a man. I'm 40. So, you know, how can I argue with that? That's a good argument, Matt Patricia. Uh, let's move on. What else happened on, on Saturday? That's right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the Washington football team. I don't think there's any way you can say that where it actually sounds menacing. But you know who was menacing? Taylor Heineke. Did I say Heineken? No, no, no. It is past five, but don't break open that bottle yet because you're listening to the Desda Sports Podcast. Podcast comes before beer. No, what am I saying? You can break open a bottle whenever. No, it's Taylor Heineke. There's no N on this one. Otherwise, it would be Heineken. But he came out and he balled out. He didn't just come into the game and do well and like, you know, it wasn't just close because of garbage time scores. Taylor Heineke balled out to the point where I was actually afraid the Buccaneers would lose the game in the third quarter. Uh, this dude surprised everybody. The Bucs came out hot, uh, you know, 10 points in the first quarter, including a 36-yard beautiful pass to a wide-open Antonio Brown. And then they missed the kick, which was just beautiful. I mean, you have such a nice scoring pass, and then you just miss the extra point. It's like, oof. But... Then, you know, Washington held their own. I mean, they, they scored a, a touchdown in the second quarter. And although it was answered by the Bucs, they, they went for two this time and missed it. So the Buccaneers only went in with a halftime lead of 18 to seven, which it probably should have been 19 to seven, or, you know, they really wanted it to be 20 to seven. But 18 to seven it is. And then in the third quarter, the Washington defense just said, all right, bet, we're not going to let you score. And you know what? The Bucs couldn't do it. I think they had three three and outs, at least two three three and outs for sure. Maybe three three and outs. I mean, it was nuts. The Bucs offense looked awful. They were missing, like, Chris Godwin dropped, like, five passes in a row. And that dude's a good receiver. I like Chris Godwin a lot, but he just kept dropping everything, man. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand how you can do that. He was dropping it so much. God, the only thought going through my head when he was dropping all these passes is just... Stop it. Get some help. Because he can catch those passes. They're easy. They're right in his hands, man. He just keeps... He's just not focusing. And then finally, the third quarter ended. The fourth quarter turned on. And, you know, Tom Brady said, well, you know, this isn't even my final form. And then he really transformed into his final form. And, you know, after that, it was, it was like, you know, as far as first downs go, it was another like... Another one. And another one. And another one. And then and we... another one. Oh, sorry. That went a little longer than I thought. And then we really got the Tom Brady we're used to. They got a field goal. They got a touchdown. And then after that touchdown was answered by the Washington football team, they got a field goal to put them up eight. And then on the last drive, the the Buccaneers defense had the really the only <laughs> great uh, drive of the entire game. And they saved it for last. So good, good for them. They finally got some pass rush. 
they, you know, they, they sacked him, I think once. And on the last throw, they pressured him. They made him run like 10 or 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And then he threw up a prayer and there was two people on the receivers, just no chance to catch it. And still, you know, the receiver, you know, it, it looked, it looked closer than it should have been to be completely honest. But, you know, as far as the Washington football's point of view, there was a bunch of drop passes of their own. I mean, this game could have been much, much closer. And I'm talking about like Buccaneers winning by one point kind of closer, um, but Buccaneers who I did say would cover and win did not cover. They only just won. They were, the ending odds were favored by 10. Um, now when I did my podcast, the, the odds the night before the game, uh, apparently they closed right before the game at, at Tampa Bay by 10, but I remember them being Tampa Bay by eight. So I'm going to judge them against what they were when I called them because if it was Tampa Bay by 10, I mean, I think I said they were going to win by 10 anyways. So, I mean, you can count this as a loss, but I want to count it as a push because I was going off of the Tampa Bay by by eight and they won by eight. So that's a push, right? So that's a tie. But I know the closing odds were by 10. So if it's supposed to be a loss, it's supposed to be a loss, whatever. But I got the team right again and, and, I, and I think it's a push. I'm going to say it's a push for the for the for the odds against, because when I made my pick, I made it at negative eight and you guys can go back and listen to that. It was negative eight uh, or, or Tampa Bay favored by eight points and they won by eight points. What can I say? What can I say? So it's a push, even though I said they were going to, they were going to beat eight and they didn't. I, th- I say it's a push uh, because I don't want to put it in the loss column. I feel bad. Let's move on to Sunday. Uh, Sunday had some fun games. Uh, we're going to save the best for last. We're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens and Tennessee Titans. I remember waking up in the morning to watch this game, and and man, I was just struggling to stay awake because this game was just so boring. I mean, the entire time it was just, it was just I don't know, it was just boring. I mean, the 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 Tennessee Titans scored like almost immediately on like the first drive of the game with a touchdown. That would be the only touchdown they scored the entire game. Do you understand why this game was boring? It wasn't the only touchdown in the rest of the game, but it was the only touchdown that Tennessee would score. They kicked a field goal. They go up 10-0 after the first quarter, and that was basically it. I mean, their offense looked awful after the first quarter. After the first quarter was over, it was basically just Baltimore Ravens playing a high school team is what it felt like. I mean, Baltimore had a hard hard time scoring, don't get me wrong, but there was really no challenge. I mean, that defense locked down the Titans easy. There was never a time where it felt like the Titans were really threatening the, the Baltimore Ravens after the first quarter because... They basically matched them uh, in the second quarter. They got a field goal, and then Lamar Jackson had some ridiculous 48-yard touchdown run. I mean, he was just absolutely ridiculous. This dude was on the 50, and he was about to be sacked, and he just slips through uh, through his his tackles, through his, uh, his his front guards, and he now he's in the open field. And if he's in the open field, I'm sorry. I know that Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football, but Lamar Jackson in the open field running with space is the most dangerous player in the NFL today. Now, passing-wise, if he's in the pocket, not so afraid of Lamar Jackson as long as you can contain him there. But if you can't contain him and he gets into open space in the field, you're screwed. You're screwed. He's so good at just running around people. He's very athletic. He's really good at just making people look silly. And he made the entire Titans defense look silly. There was one safety who was basically responsible for tackling him if he got back there. And the dude runs up to get him, and Lamar Jackson was just faster than him. And the dude tried to tackle him, and Lamar Jackson was already gone. He was already by him by the time the dude tried to make the tackle. It was like, oh, my God. He gets around him. He goes towards down, tiptoes down the sideline, jumps, touchdown. And uh, from that point on, when it was 10-10 at halftime, it never got better for the Titans, only got worse. In the third quarter, the Baltimore Ravens basically started off the half with a great drive down the field, ending in a four-yard touchdown run. Oh, excuse me. There we go. Sorry about that. And then, uh, you know, a pair of field goals ended the, the fourth quarter, one on each side, and, and that's it. Seven-point seven, uh, seven point difference is what you got. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, this game was boring the entire way through. I'm not even going to lie. It was a really close game, but it was boring because there was no action. I finally understand because I watched the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams, and I watched that as a fan of one of the teams. I was a fan of the Patriots. I was also, I live in LA. So, you know, if the Patriots lost that game, like, you know, sucks for my personal favorite team, but 
then again, like the city of LA gets another championship. So I was chilling. I was like, you know, either way it goes, I'm not going to be like completely sad or angry or anything, but I'm really glad the Patriots won it. But now I understand what people mean by like, yeah, that was one of the most boring games I've ever seen. I thought it was incredible because being a football fan, you never get defensive games like that. I mean, in today's NFL, there's never a game that goes into the fourth quarter, like three, three, like that game did. It was intense. Um, but this game felt a lot like that game. And there was a little bit more scoring. You know, uh, the team every now and then would get a drive going where they could get into field goal range. But it was like the entire game was like 10 to 10 or, or you know, 10 to 3 or 17 to 10. It was like, oh, my God, do something, please. It was like three and out, three and out. Oh, they got a field goal, three and out, three and out. Oh, a touchdown. Okay, the game's tied, three and out. Oh, end of half. Okay, touchdown. Like, oh, yes, awesome, score. And if you blinked, you missed it. If you blinked, you missed it. I was taking a shower during halftime. I got out, and they were already kicking the extra point. I was like, dang it. Dang it. I missed it. And I went back, and I watched the drive. It was, it was a great drive. It was really nice. I mean, it was clean. Um, but it was like, man, darn it. Why did I have to? Oh, man, the shower went too long. I was trying to time it out so, you know, I, I could get ready for work because I'd work basically, like, right as this game was going to end. I, I worked, like, 15 minutes after this game ended. And uh, so I had to leave, basically, like, right after – uh, Baltimore picked off Tennessee. It was actually really good that they picked him off because I, I was able to see the end of the game. And then I know Tennessee had a drive going, and I think they threw like a Hail Mary, but it never worked. I know, but it, it was over right when they kicked, right when they uh, intercepted them, in my opinion. But yeah, man, uh, this game was just boring um, all the way through. That's really all I have to say about it. Good, good, good win by the Ravens. The Ravens look all, like they, they look like they're going to be a force to play against. But I, I have to wonder if maybe they're playing harder against the Tennessee Titans because the Titans had ended their, their previous seasons the last two years in a row. Maybe. Who knows? Um, moving on, just for time consideration, we're going to talk about the Bears and the Saints for literally like a minute because there's really not much to say. The Saints were the better team. I called it. I said they'd win by like at least 14 points. Um, they ended up winning by, oh man, do math, 12 points. So not 14, but they covered the spread. So I went on spread and I went on pick. Oh, and by the way, for the last game, I think I picked the Titans, so I probably just lost that game outright. And I don't know what I picked on spread. Uh, who, was, who was favored? Baltimore was favored by three and a half, really. Maybe I chose Baltimore. I actually have no idea who I chose. I think I chose Tennessee, but I have no idea. I have to look back on my podcast now. Look at that. Des not even remembering what he, put, what he picked. Um, if I picked the Ravens, then I got it right because uh, they won by by more than three. I think I might have picked the Ravens, but by three. They wouldn't cover the three and a half. I think that's probably what I did. But I won't put it past me. I might have picked the Titans, because I think the Titans are, like, the biggest dice roll in the NFL. I mean, they can play really well and be, like, like when they played the, the Bills and just annihilate a really good team, or they can play, like, really awful and never score, and it's like, oh, my God, what is going on? The, the biggest thing that the Titans did that killed them in this game is they stopped passing to A.J. Brown. They started. They tried to go to Johnny Smith. They tried to go to their other weapons. No, 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 no. They had no answer for A.J. Brown the entire first quarter. And then they just stopped targeting A.J. Brown. I don't know if the defense took him away. I haven't done that that, that great of a rewatch yet. But they should have. I mean, he only got 10 targets in the entire game. He was the biggest problem. I don't know why you don't just why you don't just screw it. He's our hot route on every down. Stop him. Once you figure out how to stop him, then we'll have to, you know, diversify our offense. But they never did that. I think that's their own problem. Okay, we're actually moving on from them. The Saints, yeah, they just destroyed him. I mean, this is never a game. Uh I I don't know. I, I think uh I think when you when you boil it down, the Mitchell Trubisky thing i mean it's it's got to be over right it's got to be over because uh, he's just he's never he's always the same and that's the problem i have with him is he's he's always the same and it's just not good enough it's just not good enough i i don't think he's a he's the quarterback of the future i don't think they should resign him he's bad he's bad i mean you know we got a direct quote from him, you know, after the game, and he he had to say, uh, "Oh hi, thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage." And so that basically sums up exactly how we. Oh, give me a moment. We're gonna take a, an abrupt pause. I'll be right back. Alrighty, we're back. Uh, sorry about that. I kept getting calls from my girlfriend because I'm going over tonight, and she's really wanting to know where I am right now. And I told her I'd be doing a podcast today, but thank you for checking up on me. 
let's get back into the sports nonsense. I accidentally stopped the recording. So I'm going to splice them together and you're not going to know, but basically it means I have more time to do things, but, um, or I have more work to do is what it means. But you know, does, does, does it for you guys. Okay. This is a labor of love. Does, does not matter. We are going to do it. Uh, but you know, for me, it's, it's pretty wall wall right now, but what were we talking about? We we're talking about the saints game. Yeah. Um, what can I say, man? The saints were, were the better team. I mean, they won easy. The bears never had a chance. Uh, this game was broadcast on Nickelodeon. That was about the most notable thing about the game. Uh, and the Nickelodeon broadcast went really well. I, I, I thought it was kind of cute and charming and I thought it was like fun. It was like a, a more kid way to watch the game, but I thought that was also like really nice to, to, have that kind of look into it from a kid's perspective. And man, can I tell you that the, the AR stuff they did on the field, like making the, the touchdown have slime cannons and everything and making the first down a slime down or a slime yard or something. So cool. That was actually really cool. I I thought it would be lame, but no, that wasn't lame. It was actually really cool. I, I enjoyed it. I wish I got to watch this game. Well, no, I don't, I don't wish I watched it, but I wish I got to see some of the broadcast live. Cause I think that would have been fun. Um, even the announcers, like they had no idea what, what things were going to happen. Like that's at least what it felt to me. Like whenever somebody had a penalty, they would have some character pop up and explain it for the kiddos. And I f- swear they were so, so sincere. The reactions, they were like, Oh, a false start means this, blah, 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 blah. And I think it was like young Sheldon doing it. And he said, basically it's the same as when my dad starts shoveling in dinner before we say grace. And they're like, and they're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're like laughing with, with really sincere laughs and stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's a good way to put it. I guess. I just think they did a good job. Uh, kudos to Nickelodeon. I don't know if they're doing it again for the divisional round, but kudos. I was, I was, I think this was perfect on a game where you kind of knew the saints were going to blow them out. It was good. I think the saints scored, should have scored more points. In all reality, I'm, I'm wondering if there's still some underlying issue with Drew Brees, but he he played well. 28 for 39, throwing 39 times in a game, you're you're good. Uh, 265 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, Alvin Kamara had a, a near 100-yard game. Michael Thomas, 5 of 7, 73 yards. They're back, and, you know, they're back. And that's all I have to say. Saints are good. They win. Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the game I really wanted to talk about, but we're not going to get to talk about too much. The Browns destroyed the Steelers. Okay, that's my whole game summary. They were up 30, 37 to 10 at halftime. And at one point it was 30, or sorry, 35 to 10 at halftime. And they were up at one point, 35 to three. Um, they won 48 to 37 because the Steelers put together two scores in garbage time against them. But the game was over as soon as the, as soon as the Rams were able to score uh the Rams, the Browns were able to score their touchdown in the fourth quarter and they put together two field goals and it was just over. But, Oh man. Um, where to start? Uh, Juju Smith Schuster before this game was talking trash about the Browns being like, yeah, they're gray, nameless, emotionless faces. You know, I'm glad we're playing them first. You know, it's same Browns. We always play same Browns, same Browns. Who cares if they're in the playoffs? You know, the Browns is the Browns was the, was the sound clip for him. Browns is the Browns. And so uh, the Browns go out and they beat them and they don't just beat them. They embarrass them in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was favored by five points, five and a half points. And they beat them by 11. That's intense. It's the biggest blowout of, of the entire divisional round. No, I lied. It's not the biggest blowout. The Saints won by 12. Sorry. Uh, But it was very close. I mean, they were up at one point by like 32 points. So it was a huge blowout. Uh, and then the Steelers kind of made it close in the third quarter because Cleveland Browns were actually trying to lose the game. They put all their like bad defenders out there and they really weren't playing good defense. So the Steelers basically just worked it down easy. And if they didn't do that, maybe Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get 501 yards, but people were praising him. Like, man, he left it all on the field, 501 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Like, yeah, he played the whole game. Like he always does. He had four picks, man. What the hell are you, what are you talking about? He obviously didn't play that well. He had four picks. He threw for 501 yards, but four times he turned it over. It's horrible. He threw four touchdowns and four interceptions. You don't want to be tied on that. Trust me, because Jameis Winston knows. You don't want to be tied uh, on how many touchdown passes you throw with how many interceptions. He had a bad game. His passer rating sucked, um, but he threw for 501 yards. People are praising him. Okay, I get it. You know, praise him. Go for it. It's hard to throw for 501 yards unless you have a defense that decides not to play you in the second half. 
And then, you know, you get down by a million in the first quarter and it's just really quick scores. So then you have three quarters to build up a bunch of stats. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they lost. And uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a good game by stats, but, you know, they just they, they, they didn't have enough firepower to actually beat them. So then after the game, the Browns are making fun of them. They're all using the Browns is the Browns as they're, you know, celebrating the locker room. You know, they're making fun of Juju's Corvette, Corvette, TikTok dance that he does. And then, man, that was good. I mean, if anything, they got off easy with what they did to them, uh, you know, for the Browns. Because the Browns got talked about and the Steelers were, were, you know, acting like they were nothing, like they were dirt under their shoes. All season, man, this Steelers team was so full of themselves, you know. And then, you know, despite having the easiest schedule in all the NFL, they were so full of themselves. Uh, and then, you know, it comes out that Chase Claypool is like on on a live on an Instagram live because these you know these TikTok these TikTok young people can't get off of it so they're they're on live again and he's talking he's like yeah you know bad game we didn't play well but it doesn't matter because the Browns are gonna get clapped by the Chiefs and it's like dude shut up you lost dude like there's no reason to say something like that saying it only makes you look like a sore loser and. You know, even if they do lose by a million to the Chiefs, they're still better than you. They still beat you, dude. Like, you're worse than the team who gets blown out by the Chiefs. Think about that. You're still worse than them. Doesn't matter if they end up where you are. You lost to them, bro. Sucks to suck. Okay? Take your lumps and shut up. I, I'm I'm sorry. It just There's no two ways about it. I mean, it's just... Gee, it, it, piss, it pisses me off that, that he gets to talk like that. You know, it's like... The Browns basically went... <laughs> And then he's like, oh, my God. Well, they're going to lose next week. And then he went on to say, apparently it was in an old interview that he did right after the game, which was stupid. You never do that. Especially, like, did the team know he was doing this? And in this interview, he was like, you know, I just thought, you know, maybe if the Browns won with more class, then I wouldn't have been so salty. Like, you know, they're super classless for how they acted, mocking Juju and everything. Bro, the only classless person here is you, dude. What is wrong with you? Chase Claypool really just cemented the fact that he's not only a sore loser, but he's also an idiot, dude. He's an idiot. He needs somebody to manage himself because, you know what, I understand. Like, I get mad, you know. I, I get salty that I lose. It's Losing's not a good feeling. Being wrong isn't a good feeling. It sucks. But you know what, if you're going to taunt the other team before the game, or if a player of your team's going to taunt the team, then you can't make fun of them for being super classless because you guys were the ones who threw the first shot. This is like sucker punching someone, and when the other person fights back and beats the absolute dust out of you, you get angry at them for, for punching you. What You have nothing. You have no moral high ground to go off of. You're stupid, and you're a sore loser. Chase Claypool, he went from someone that I kind of you know like to look forward to watching to being someone that really just needs to shut his mouth. You on the field... Just need to prove it there. That's the only place where you need to prove it. The domain where you're best in, the reason you get paid tons of money and you're in the public eye is to play football and your game on the field is good. So why are you talking, diminishing anything you would do on the field? Why are you talking? You don't get paid to talk. You get paid to play football. And I'm not trying to put this in the, in the sense of like a, a political thing. This is just a stop talking to the media because you're bad at it kind of thing. This is a Kyrie Irving stop talking, please God, you look crazy kind of thing. This is a Sam Darnold like, oh my God, please don't say on a hot mic that you're seeing ghosts on Monday Night Football type of thing. It looks horrible for you, okay? It's just not your strong suit. You shouldn't talk. End of story. I don't know how you have a following. It's it's comical. And then he put out a tweet. He walked it back and he put out a tweet being like, oh, I have friends on the Browns. You know, like, you know, we worked it out. We hashed it out. It's all good now. You know, go rep the division, guys. Rooting for you to go far. And I'm like, no, you're not. Shut up. This is so fake. It's the fakest thing I've ever heard. You got, you got told by the team. The team went in and said, hey, stop being a literal idiot. We, we need you to not be an idiot. We need you to shut up. We need you to issue an apology and we need you to stop. And that's where that tweet came from because the, one of the, one of the defenders on the Browns even said, you know, like, yeah, you know, we're focused on what we got to do next week. We're focused on preparing, you know, but 
they're going to take cheap shots. You know, they were making fun of us before the game, and now they're making fun of us for, for doing, you know, what whatever, for making fun of Juju. It's like, if you don't want to be made fun of, then don't be in the public eye is my, is my thing about it. If you don't want the other team to mock you, then don't dance before games. If you want to dance before games, then you take on all the all the consequences of that. Okay? If you want to talk and say the Browns is the Browns, you take on the consequences for if they win. I was hoping they would win to humble these guys. And apparently it's not humbling any of them. It's just making them sore losers. And you know what? Juju, for his credit, has done perfect during this. He hasn't tweeted at all. He's gone silent. That's exactly how you deal with a really tough loss. You just don't do anything. And you win. Okay? Let the Browns have their fun. I know they're. I know that you're kind of like the butt of all the jokes right now, but just don't get mad about it. Don't don't fight back, and it, it fades away, and and everything is fine. You know, it, Chase Claypool's literally made this a hundred times worse than it needed to be. He looks like an idiot. He made the organization look bad with his comments. I mean, it's just it's just dumb, dumb that he would do it. And I I really hate. It really made me lose a lot of respect for the person off the field. You know, I mean, it just seems immature. And of course it's coming from a rookie, but you gotta, you gotta grow up real fast. If you're in the NFL, okay, you're making millions of dollars. There's no excuses. You got to grow up real fast. I'm sorry. If I'm making millions of dollars, I have to put the team before me. Okay. I got to make consequences. All right. That's your job. That, that is your lifeline. That's your lifeblood. Without, without this job, what are you Clay, Chase Claypool? A TikTok influencer? Come on, man. You just got to make sacrifices for the team. You got to know what's best interest for the team as well. Because you only got this for 20 years. And if you, want to, if you want to do it for 20 years, the best ones do it for 20 years because they know how to make sacrifices for their team. They know how to say, okay, maybe I'm not the most important thing right now. Maybe my feelings are hurt, but I need to, I need to deal with that personally. So, you know, I hope he grows. I hope he grows from it. And I hope he stops talking uh, until he's, you know, better at talking to the media. But for right now really disappointed. Uh, it made me really like actually mad. I was ranting about it to myself in my room last night because I was so angry that he even had the audacity to try to claim some moral high ground that the Browns didn't win with enough class. Jeez, uh, so stupid. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. All right. Well, that finishes our wrap up and it's pretty much time. I mean, I don't have much time for anything else, but Desda Sports does not leave you on a cliffhanger. We're going to talk about the games. I'm going to give you my picks. It's going to be kind of a quick one, but we're going to go through. So on Saturday, January 16th, uh, which is tomorrow, we've got the Rams playing the Green Bay Packers at 1.35 p.m. Pacific. We've also got the Ravens playing the Bills as the night game at 5.15 Pacific. Um, the Rams and the Packers, everyone is hammering the Packers super big. I don't exactly know where the where the spread is at right now for this game. Um but I, from what I've been hearing, everyone is saying hammer the Packers on this one. They're going to absolutely destroy the Rams. I think it's going to be closer than that. I do. I really do think it's going to be closer than that. I, I definitely think the Packers will win. But if the spread is is up near double digits, I would definitely choose the that the Rams are going to cover the spread. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. I can also be wrong. I'm I'm not, you know, an expert in picking. I don't know all the ins and outs of these teams right now. But I'm just saying, I, you know, I know that Donald's playing with an injury for the first game in his career. That was crazy when I heard it. But, yeah, I mean, it's nuts. Apparently, he's never played through an injury before. Jared Goff is injured. You know, Cooper Cup is injured. I understand. But I really think this game will be closer than everyone thinks it will be. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to absolutely destroy and blow him out. I think the Rams, just on their defense alone, deserve to be in the playoffs. But their offense isn't horrible. They're about middle of the road. So I understand, you know, a defense that's around maybe ninth in the league uh, in total defense uh, for Green Bay versus the number one defense in the league for the Rams. And then an offense that's around 15 against, you know, an offense that's maybe third in the league for the Packers. I understand, you know, the Packers probably have the upper hand here. And I think they absolutely do. Um, and I think having Aaron Rodgers on your team is going to make you instantly better. But Aaron Rodgers is going up against a tough secondary. I mean, they're they're number one in passing yards allowed. You know, in rushing yards, they're third. I mean, that's really good. First and third in rushing and passing. Third down, uh, uh, getting the, the enemy off the field on third down, they're 35.4% uh, of the time the, the enemy makes their third downs. I mean, that's a really good defense right there. It's going to be 
a harder game for the Packers than everyone thinks. I don't know why everyone thinks that the Packers are going to absolutely destroy them. I mean, I, I really think it's going to be closer. I, I think the Rams have a legitimate shot to win. I think it's more of like a 25% shot to win instead of something higher. But, you know, I, I think if the Packers play bad, I think if that week, you know, didn't do them any favors and, and a lot of people, you know, come out a little rusty from that week off, it could cause them some problems. I mean, you know, Devontae Adams is probably not going to have the biggest of games because he's going to be guarded by Jalen Ramsey. Aaron Jones, you know, if, if Donald is playing well, probably won't have the best of games either. And so Aaron Rodgers is going to have to use all the people behind Devontae Adams. And I just don't know if that's really going to to be enough. I don't know if, you know, Valdez Scantling is going to be able to be the number one receiver for an entire game. If he can, then, you know, they'll do it easy. The, you know, they'll win. But all I'm just saying is watch for this game to be much closer than people think. I don't know what the what the what the what the odds are right now, but if the odds are anywhere near like double digits or a touchdown, I would definitely hammer the that the Rams are going to cover. Um for sure. All right, next game is Buffalo uh, is the um the Baltimore Ravens and Buffalo Bills. That game is going to be interesting for sure. Um it's it's two good teams playing each other. You know, the Ravens have a really awesome defense. Their offense is okay. And the Bills, um, you know, they've got a good offense and good defense. Now, the thing is, is the Bills have a much better defense than the Titans do. The Titans defense is one of the is one of the more poor defenses in the NFL by stats. Uh complete opposite with Buffalo. Buffalo is really good on defense. They're they're good for like maybe 12th in the league in the in the league. Um Maybe not 12, maybe more like, you know, 13 or 14. Uh, you know, Baltimore is good for, for maybe third or fourth in the league on defense. Uh, so, you know, there's an obvious defensive advantage to Baltimore, but I think there's an obvious offensive advantage to Buffalo. Buffalo does not get the rushing yards that um, Baltimore gets, but they do their damage to the passing game. They're third in passing yards. Baltimore's 32nd in passing yards. Um as far as rushing defense, uh, Buffalo's middle of the pack, about 17. Passing defense, about 13. Um, yards per game, about 13. You know, so I understand. But the difference in yards per game from 6th in the league, which is Baltimore, to um, 13th in the league, which is Buffalo, is a difference of 20 yards. And that's it. I mean, you know, 20 yards ain't that much. So they're not differentiated by that much. Um, you know, in passing defense, uh, the difference from 6th in the league, average per game, to 13th in the league average per game is only a difference of 10 yards. So, you know, yeah, they're 13th, but the defense is still really good. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But I think the Buffalo Bills, you know, I, I don't know if they're favored again. I don't have the, the statistics. I don't know why, but my phone refuses to get any internet service at all. So I can't look them up. And the computer version of the site I use doesn't have them. Uh, so maybe I can find them on a different site. Uh Let's see. Uh, uh, odds. Okay, let's see. Sorry about that. Uh, divisional round spreads. Here we go. All right, so there's a bunch of different things here. I'm just going to do everything, I think, via DraftKings. It looks fairly standard. The Green Bay Packers are favored by six and a half points. I Okay. Uh, Buffalo Bills are favored by two and a half. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by 10 and Saints are favored by three. That That's pretty fair. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills will win and they'll cover. And I think the Green Bay Packers will win, but they will not cover. I think the Green Bay Packers will win by three or four points. And I think the Buffalo Bills will win by three or four points. And so, you know, that's what's going to lead me to that. Um, the next game is uh, Cleveland Browns and Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, you know, this is an interesting game. OBJ called the Chief, the the Browns winning this game. I don't think that the Browns stack up all that good with KC, considering. Excuse me, Kansas City's got the best offense in the NFL. I think it's you know you can look at stats all day and argue with me, but they are the best offense in the NFL. Easy. I mean, they can just turn it on at the flick of a switch and then just score in thirty seconds. It's really insane. Um, defensively they're middle of the pack uh and cleveland is also well they're a little bit higher than middle of the pack Nah, i think they're they're good for middle of the pack on defense um no no real advantage i think between defenses i think they're very similar 
But the offense of the Chiefs is far better than the offense of Cleveland. I'm sorry, no no shade, but it's just true. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if Baker can really spread it out, if Baker doesn't turn the ball over and they can move the ball against the Chiefs, this might be a fun blow, uh, a fun high-scoring game. Uh, but I really just think that Kansas City is going to overpower the Chiefs at some point, and they'll win, and they'll probably cover the 10 points. I think they'll probably win by 10 or 14 points. But I'm personally hoping the Browns keep it close. Maybe they only lose by four, seven points, um, you know, just to show people that, yeah, they deserve to be where they were. But I'm going to say Chiefs minus 10 is a safe bet. Um, then the last game we got is Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. This game, I'm just begging and praying to God that it is going to be a good game because the last two have been real stinky bad games. Um, I'm really hoping Brady plays well and that Breeze plays well and we just have a really nice game, just a classic. I really don't care who wins this game. I just really want it to be good. Um, but, you know, if there's any motivation to go through, I think uh, Drew Brees is probably going to be motivated because this might be his last year on the Saints. And I think if he if he can't win with this current roster, I just don't know if he's ever going to win another one. Um, and then Tom Brady, obviously, I mean he that that dude never runs out of motivation. He's always he's always driven to go win. So uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I do think the Buccaneers have a really good shot of uh, of playing you know well. I think they figured it out how they want to use everybody on the offense. Um, Leonard Fournette's going to start at running back. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I have a feeling that, you know, when the Buccaneers end up going stagnant for a quarter, like they always do, it's always usually the third quarter. They just never get anything going and they can never get a drive moving. You know, once they do that, if the saints can do a lot of damage, I think they'll win the game easily, but we'll see. I mean, they're a tough defense. New Orleans has got a great defense and a great offense. Tampa Bay has got a better offense and a worse defense. So, you know, usually it's defense that wins that fight. Um, and, and people might want to fight me that Tampa Bay doesn't have a better offense. You're wrong. Um, you know, the, the playmakers are, are really good on the Saints. Don't get me wrong. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. But when it comes down to offensive personnel and weapons and firepower and how off, and how the offense works, I mean, the, the Buccaneers not only, I think, a more fun offense um, to watch, but I think it's also just a better offense. Uh, the problem is the coaching has not known how to use it all season. And, and it's, you know... I don't understand what's wrong with them, but the coaches don't understand how to get how to get the offense moving. Okay, it, and it's super simple. You want to know how you uh, how you get the offense moving because it's really it's it's quite simple. It's it's quite elementary, my dear Watson, if you will. Uh, basically, the only thing you have to do is run. If you can run well, that offense is going to work really well. Tom Brady's not the problem. It's just that you have to get it started. You can't just start passing because they're already expecting Tom Brady to pass. But if you can get a rushing game going, especially against the Saints who have a really good rushing defense, if you can somehow just get it going, uh, oh my God, it's going to be really good. I mean, you're going to be able to pass. You're going to be able to do play action. Play action is probably the, the most dangerous part of Tampa Bay's entire offense. And the the horrible thing is the coaches never know how to get it going. I mean, they just Byron Leftwich doesn't have a good grasp on how to set up play action. I don't think Arian's system really lends well to how Brady really plays and how the personnel is going to be playing. So we'll see if the coaching staff sort of throws away their pride and, and coaches the right way. But that's why I think the Buccaneers have such problems against the Saints because they 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 you know they outsmart themselves. You know, they're not even just calling the right plays. I mean, the last time they played the Saints, they rushed for a total of five times, and three of them were kneel downs at the end of the game. It was ridiculous. So at the end of the day, I think this game will be a better game. I think the Saints will probably win, and they'll probably cover. They'll, they'll win by three or four. Um, it will either be a push or a cover. And that's going to do it for my picks. I've got two things to, to update you about the offseason of the NFL, and then we're out of here. Um, basically, uh, two things happened. Two coaches got hired. Urban Meyer did, in fact, go to the Jaguars. I wouldn't be surprised if he chose Justin Fields first overall, but I still think the overwhelming choice here is going to be Trevor Lawrence first overall. And then, and then, uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking. The Jets hired, they hired Robert Sala from the San Francisco 49ers. And so that, uh, that that's going to be an interesting decision. I don't know how it's going to work. His defenses are pretty good, though. Um, I mean, defense has been the best thing about the 49ers the last two years. So who knows? I mean, he's a popular name, and they hired him, and we'll see. Uh, I Maybe he can fix the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Uh, maybe not. Anyways, that is it 
for the Desda Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, if you want to yell at me because I made bad picks, or if you want to tell me that I in fact did not get the push, instead it should count as a loss for the last uh, for the Bucks uh, Washington Football Team game. You can message me on Twitter if you want. It's at Des Does Podcast. The only capital letter is the first D in Des. And um, that's basically it. I don't have much to talk about. I'm going to be back with you next week with a review of this week, a review of how my picks went, and I'm going to be previewing the next week. And hopefully it doesn't take so long. I don't have so many interruptions. But for right now, all I can really say is... uh, Bye. Have a great time. All right. (sighs) I will see you in a week. I'm Des. I did sports. And you know what? I'll do it again next week, guys. Have a wonderful week. May all your teams, if your team is playing, win on divisional round weekend. And I'll see you right back here later with more news, updates on MLB, NBA, maybe even NHL if there's some good news to talk about because that did just start two nights ago. And, uh, of course, the NFL playoffs. Bye-bye for now. I'll see you soon. Thank you for watching my podcast. I love you. All right. I'm out of here. I didn't play the outro music. All right. I'm out of here. I played the wrong outro music. Okay. We're going to do this right this time. Okay. I've got too many different pages on my bank. Thank you for watching. Watching. This is spiraling out of control. This is spiraling out of control. Des doesn't know how to end a podcast episode. And now you may be listening at home being like, oh, just end it. Just like click end. But I have a system I want to use. And oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Thank you very much for listening. This was the Des Des Sports Podcast. I Des Des, I did sports, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.